Okay, maybe they're having some technical difficulties, so we'll just start. Ready? Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. This is a book called Hayat al-Sahaba by Sheikh Yusuf Khandali rahmatullah alayhi, in which he has different stories of Sahaba radhiallahu anhum ajma'in. And typically, most works in which uh, the biographies of Sahaba have been collected, then the natural uh, pattern of the book is that uh, the different chapters are based on different individuals. And stories related to that individual or the biographical sketch of that individual is covered. So there will be chapter on Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, Ashra, Mubashara, Bil Jannah, and, and different Aswaj al Mutaharat, the wives of Rasulullah, the family of Rasulullah, Ashab al Badr, etc. Different companions of Rasulullah and you'll have, uh, you know, when they were born, how their life was, how they passed away, what their accomplishments were. And uh, likewise, so forth. But uh, this book is interesting where um, the chapter headings and the division of the stories and the narrations, all with the Sanad and the chain of narrators back to uh, the Sahaba and back to Rasulullah is not based on individual, but rather it's based on different sifat, different characteristics, different amal, different actions. So the chapter on the da'wah of the Sahaba, chapter on the iman, chapter on the akhlaq, chapter on how they um, preferred others over themselves. And then under that chapter, you'll see different um, examples and different respective stories of how. Uh, they demonstrated that attribute. So the focus of the book is very clear that how can we follow uh, the Sahaba and how can we implement these in our lives and how can we be inspired by them. And this is the same tartib in the same way it is in the Quran. Even in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the exception of Yusuf salam, he does not reveal the story of any prophet or any nation all together in chronological order at one single place. But rather, whatever lesson Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, emphasizing, and at the time when He emphasizes the lesson, whatever portion of the story is relevant to that lesson, then Allah ta'ala will reveal that part of the story. And one of the longest and most notable stories in the Quran of a prophet of the past is none other than Musa alayhi salam and the Bani Israel. It is an extremely long story, many different chapters. Uh, and it is definitely spread out throughout the Quran. Pretty much every Jews, with the exception of one or two, has the mention of Musa alayhi salam, or some chapter of Musa alayhi salam's story. Um, Yusuf alayhi salam, of course, is the only one which is from beginning till end, the whole story is mentioned together in Surah Yusuf. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over there in the beginning, that this is the Ahsan al-Qasas, the best of all stories. And at the end, the last ayah of Surah Yusuf, in case we get lost in the story and forget about the lessons and morals at every turn, he reminds us that لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ الْأَلْبَابِ Verily, in the stories of Yusuf alayhi uh, there is a lesson for those who have intelligence. مَا كَانَ حَدِيثًا يُفْتَرَى They're not fabricated and made up stories, it's not fiction. It's not in the fiction side of the library, it's in the non-fiction side. Not made up. 
It testifies to the truth of the previous scriptures and wahudan wa rahmah and the source of guidance and mercy for those who believe. So over here uh, in Kitab al-Dua in Dhikr, there is a chapter called Al-Dhikru fil Aswaqi wa Mawaqi'i al-Ghaflati. Doing the Dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fil Aswaq in the marketplaces. Suq is a market, Aswaq is markets, plural. So remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the marketplaces in the places of ghafla. At the times of ghafla, places of ghafla, ghafla meaning heedlessness, when people are oblivious, people are forgetting about Allah, who is Allah, to remember Allah in such scenarios, to remember Allah when everyone else is forgetting. So this um, shows us how the Sahaba and the pious people, they not only remembered Allah when everyone else is, they also remembered Allah when no one else is. In short, they remembered Allah all the time. Because people are two conditions. Everyone is remembering Allah or everyone is forgetting Allah. So they remember Allah when everyone is remembering Allah. They remember Allah when everyone is forgetting Allah. So pretty much remembering Allah all the time. أخرج الطبراني عن عسمة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أحب العمل إلى الله عز وجل سبحة الحديث وأبغض العمل إلى الله التحريف. سطبراني رحمة الله عليه. He narrates from عسمة رضي الله عنه that he said that رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the most beloved action to Allah سبحانه وتعالى is Subhatul Hadith, which is going to be defined shortly. And Abghadul Amal, the most hated action, the most despised action, Bogd, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is At Taharif. So these are two new words Rasulullah used in this hadith. Fakulna ya Rasulullah, so then the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, wama Subhatul Hadith, what is this Subhatul Hadith? So there are many words that uh, are used in the Quran and used in the Hadith by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the Arabic language. Bilisan and Arabiyyam mubin. The Quran is revealed in the Arabic language. Inna zallahu Quranan Arabiyyan laalum taqilun. So the, the but uh, the Sahaba, despite knowing Arabic, um, what actually is meant by these words? What does it imply? What's the definition of this term? And they were unaware. So they would ask Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sometimes uh, the dictionary translation of the word is known, which is known as al-ma'na al-lughawi. But in this context, what does this, this term mean? What's the terminological definition? Would be unknown, al-ma'na al-istilahi. So they would ask, what does this actually mean? Like at-tahrif, for example, it means... Uh, to take something and and uh, change its actual meaning, if and um, to distort the meaning, it's called taharif. Allah Taala speaks about this in the Quran. Yuharifun al that the uh, rabbis, uh, with respect to the Torah, the, known as the Old Testament, they would make taharif of it. Taharif says that oh, you take the text. Oh yeah, this is what Allah says. This is what was revealed in Musa. But then you explain it in an incorrect manner. And you change it to suit your needs. 
يكتمون الكتاب sometimes they would uh, keep the text and then extract incorrect meanings out of it knowingly that's called tahrif sometimes they wouldn't even remain loyal to the text they would add their own text into it يكتمون الكتاب بأيديهم they write the book with their own hands ثم يقولون هذا من عند الله then they attribute it back to Allah and say oh this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why? لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا to make a paltry uh, profit for dunya's sake. So that's meaning of tahrif. Anyway, he said here, they asked, وَمَا سُبْحَةُ الْحَدِيثِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ What is سُبْحَةُ الْحَدِيثِ? So this tells us that if the Sahaba, they weren't shy to ask, you know, we shouldn't be shy to try to find out and to uh, say, I don't know, instead of coming to a wrong conclusion, right? So there are people, مِنْهُمْ مَنْ لَا يَدْرِي وَهُوَ لَا يَدْرِي أَنَّهُ لَا يَدْرِي the person who doesn't know and he doesn't know that he doesn't know. So that is a jahal murakab, compounded ignorance. He's so ignorant, he's ignorant of the fact that he is ignorant. So you really can't help that person. If there is another person, The one who doesn't know but he knows that he doesn't know. So he's an ignorant person, he's a jahil. You can teach him. There is another person who knows, but he, he doesn't remember that he knows. So, that's a ghafil, he needs to be. And there's a yadri, yadri, and no yadri. There's a man who knows and he knows that he knows. That's a alim, then you ask from him, seek from him. So, the four categories. So, some, many times what happens is that we don't know the meaning, we don't know, the, uh, we don't know uh, what's going on. Um, but we think we know what's going on. And then it's uh, quite fascinating. This is a unique American phenomenon as well that they come up with such explanations. And what really is um, quite fascinating every time is the level of confidence in explaining incorrect meanings that we see here. With ultimate confidence. In fact, this was prophesied by Rasulullah in a hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not uplift the knowledge uh, overnight by snatching away from the hearts of his servants. Rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away the knowledge by taking away the, the righteous scholars, the ulama. A time will come when he will not leave any true alim. Then people will make their leaders in dini matters ignorant ones. They'll be asked questions regarding the deen and they will give fatawa without knowledge. They will themselves go astray, they will lead others astray. So the system of the world is every subject has its masters. <coughs> um, so a person may be an expert in one field, um, and will not have any embarrassment in saying that I do not know anything about the other field. So if someone is, mashallah, um, received the Nobel Prize in economics, that, that, that's great, but he may not know much about you know, uh, brain surgery. You wouldn't give him a drill and say, okay, make a hole in my skull, you know, to go inside my, my brain. No, that, that's a completely different thing. In fact, those are so um, extremely 
separate fields. If you go into just one body part, you know, there may be an expert in just the front of the eye, the cornea specialist, does cornea transplant. Somebody else said, no, I'm, a, I'm on the back end. I just deal with the retina, macular degeneration or something. Right? Just well, front eye, back eye. That is the level of specialization when it comes to. You're both ophthalmologists, yeah, but I just, I just do retina. So what about, what about the deen? The deen is the only thing that is so miskin that everybody comments about it. So they asked, they said, what is this? وَمَا سُبْحَدُ الْحَدِيثِ قَالَ يَكُونُ الْقَوْمُ يَتَحَدَّثُونَ وَالرَّجُلُ يُسَبِّحُ Subha comes from the word tasbih, to declare the purity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you say subhanallah, then we are saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure in his being, pure in his attributes, from all defects. From all defects. What type of defect? Normally we think subhanallah is la yadhlimun nasa shay'a. Inna Allah la yadhlimun nasa shay'a. Allah doesn't do dhulm. Allah is not jahil. Uh, Allah is not unaware, etc. But beyond that, Allah Ta'ala is pure from certain things which are defects for us and other things which are not defects for us, which we cannot escape. Like we have a beginning, we have an end to our worldly life. Allah is pure from having a beginning or an end. He is before, he doesn't have a beginning, doesn't have an end. And he is, subhanAllah, khaliqul makani wa zaman, wa huwa al-an kama kan, khabla khaliqul zaman wa khabla khaliqul makan. So he is the creator, khaliqul zamani wal makan, creator of time and space. Wa huwa al-an kama kan. And now after creating time and space, he is same just like he was before creating time and space. So time and space did not confine him. Because Allah is munazah an tagayyur Allah is pure from having any change in his attributes. From any decrease, deficiency. So declaring the purity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is subhanallah. So what is subhatul hadith? He says... Where is the hadith? Hadith is speaking, talking. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam created this new term and he defined it and he said, look, this is yakunul qawmu yatahaddathun. When the people are yatahaddathun talking. So everyone is speaking, talking about random stuff. And in that gathering, when everyone is talking about dunya, talking about things, because what was the chapter? Dhikr fil aswaq. Doing the dhikr of Allah in the markets. So everyone, they're talking, they're talking about dunya. This, you know, people in the market, there are two categories. The one who is selling and the one who is buying. So the one who is selling, he's praising, he's not praising necessarily Allah. What is he praising? His product. And the one who is buying is also asking, looking at the products. Right. So <coughs> everyone is praising the material. <coughs> material dunya. <coughs> praising, talking about asbab, dunya. The masjid is supposed to be at least um, praising whom? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fi buyutin adinallahu anturfa'a wa yuthkara fi hasmuhu. Wa yuthkara fi hasmuhu. The masajid, Allah has given permission they should be erected in which the name of Allah is taken. Yusabbihu lahu fiya bilwudui wal asali rijalun. In the mornings and the evenings, people are praising Allah in the masjid. Which rijalun? Great people, Rijalun Adimun, great people. Such people are praising Allah, such men are praising Allah in the masjid. Neither trade nor merchandise 
beguiles them, makes them forget about dhikrillah and dhikrillah, wa yqamin salah wa ita'i zakah. Remembering Allah, establishing salah, giving zakah. Yaqafuna yawman, they are fearing that day, tataqallabu fihi al-qulubu wal-absaru, in which the hearts and the eyes will, eyeballs will be overturned in fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِيَزِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ أَحْسَنَ مَا عَمِلُوا Allah will grant them most beautiful reward for their actions. What they deserve. وَيَزِيدَهُمْ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Then you'll give them more than what they deserve from his own grace and fadl. And Allah gives whom he wishes. وَاللَّهِ يَرْزُهُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Meaning without taking them to account. And also it means giving in such quantities so much that it can't be counted. بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Both meanings. So there were two, um, there were different Sahaba who, when the Adhan would be called, they would leave whatever action they were doing. One of them was a blacksmith, Haddad, who worked with the Hadid, the iron, to make the shields and swords. So then he would light up a fire, then he would add air, uh, blow air on it, pump the air and p- to light the fire and become big fire. Then he would take the iron, put it on there then it would slowly get softer and softer and softer because as the heat is increasing, it's getting softer. Then he would take his hammer and then he would start beating it to make it into the shield. He did not have any assistant, no one to take care of it when he is gone for prayer. He didn't hire any non-Muslim to take care of it when he has to pray. So he's hitting it with his hammer, beating it and... uh, if the hammer was on top of his shoulder and he would hear the Allah Akbar, the first part of Bilal radiallahu anhu's adhan, then instead of saying, okay, now I'm not going to go to salah with the hammer, am I? I have to leave the hammer here. So I can just do one last, uh, I can hit it, beat it one last time because I have to take the hammer down. But he would say, no, right from on top of his shoulder, the big hammer, he would put it down on the side. He wouldn't even hit the iron once. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was praising him in this ayah. This ayah was revealed. The point of the ayat was that we were talking about at least now is subhanAllah in the beginning portion of the ayah Allah ta'ala says, Fi buyutin hasmuhu. In the house of Allah, the name of Allah is praised. But in the market, the dunya is praised. So between the masjid and the market, both of them are compared in one hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ahabbul Biladi ilallahi masajiduha. The most beloved portion on the surface of the earth in the eyes of Allah are the masajid. biladi ilallahi aswaquha. The most despised portion of the earth in the eyes of Allah are the markets. One place is to the place to praise Allah, and one place is the place to praise the dunya, the material, dunya So Allah Taala does not have love for the dunya. When he created the dunya, then he did not look back on it with love and mercy once. Did not glance at it. He does not care for it. It is not a sign of his pleasure. Those who disbelieve in him, he said that he, would, he gives them and he would give them more and more. He said that, subhanAllah, in Surah Zukhruf, Allah Ta'ala mentions that if it wasn't the fear for, uh, um, if it wasn't because it would be the d- test and would become even more difficult for the believers, he would give the um, the disbelievers that Allah would give the disbelievers in this dunya suquf, the roofs of their homes made from silver and uh, their structures made of gold and silver in this dunya not in Jannatul Firdos 
but it would become more difficult for the believers to test, so he did not do that. If this whole dunya and everything in it, if it had the value in the eyes of Allah of one wing of one mosquito, one wing of a mosquito, janaha is one wing of a ba'udha. Ba'udha meaning mosquito. Then he would not give a disbeliever who disbelieved in him one sip of water. But Allah Ta'ala has given much more than one sip of water. This shows the value of the dunya in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gives the dunya to those whom he loves, those he does not love, but he does not give the deen but to those whom he loves. So, يَكُونُ الْقَوْمُ يَتَحَدَّثُونَ People are talking about the dunya وَرَجُلُ يُسَبِّحُوا And a person in that environment is the key thing. In the environment when people are praising dunya, he's praising Allah. Now that is the Kamal Kibante. This is, the, this is that of perfection. This is something worth uh, commending, congratulating, worth recognizing. This is the true achievement. He's not just going with the flow, he's going against the flow. قُلْنَا يَا رَسُولَ then we said, Ya Rasulullah, وَمَا تَحْرِيفُ So you said that the most beloved action is Subhanallah Hadith, Subhanallah, you defined it for us. Then you said, Abghadul Amal, most hated action is Tahrif. So what is that? وَمَا تَحْرِيفُ What is that? What is Tahrif? Aswalu Nisful Ilm. The Prophet said, asking the appropriate question with the appropriate niyyah to the appropriate person, we have to add those qualifications. Aswal, the appropriate question to, right, with the appropriate niyyah. In the appropriate setting, to the appropriate person, so the question itself could be inappropriate, or the question could be appropriate but in not appropriate niyyah, or the appropriate niyyah is there too, but not the appropriate time, or all the above is appropriate but you're not asking the appropriate person. Ask those who know if you don't know, you're asking the wrong person. That type of good question is nisful ilm, it's half of knowledge. It's half of knowledge because the answer is the other half. Right? So half is the knowledge is the sawal and half is the jawab. So over here they asked, what is tahrif? He said, uh, There are people, for example, so whatever the definition is going to give, we're going to find, uh, we know one thing because we know what tahrif is. What is tahrif? We covered it. Changing things up, right? misrepresentation, deception. Now, and what form of that deception he's specifically referring to now? That's the question. So he said, look, the, the specific type of deception I'm referring to is al-qawmu yakununa bikhayrin. There are some people, they are in good condition. And things are not too bad, they're okay. No one's going to be extremely happy because this, this place is called dunya. It's not jannatul firdaus al-a'la. So, it's not 100% perfect, but you know, there's alhamdulillah considerable health is there. There's sufficient food for the, you know, for today, maybe tomorrow, next week, month, maybe perhaps. Um, and the, um, everyone is generally okay at home. So, yakununa bikhayrin. People are okay. Then what happens? Then their neighbor or a companion, they come across, ask them, oh, how's life? How, what's going on? How, how's everything? And then they reply, We are going through the worst times. So they are doing tahrif now. So 
they are not truly being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mentioning how everything is okay. So all the blessings that they're enjoying, they forget about that. Instead of saying, you know, Alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal wa na'udhu billahi min hali ahli nar. That we praise Allah Ta'ala for all the good things He has granted us. They are ungrateful. They just say, oh, they just mentioned the bad things. So for, um, you know, men do that, women do that. But one hadith, for example, Allah is, uh, Rasulullah is referring to the woman. In this hadith, other hadith refers to men. Other ayat, Allah refers to men. So, but in this particular hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that when he saw many women in the fire of Jahannam, and he, they asked, Ya Rasulullah, why is that there? Akhtar Ahl Nar and Nisa. He said, Tukthirna la'ana wa takfurna al-ashir. Because of cursing excessively and being ungrateful. Ungrateful to Allah and ungrateful to, to that Allah who gave that husband. So whatever the husband is, Law ahsanta ilayha al-dahra kullahu. If you have done ihsan and took care of her and gave her so many things, ad-dahra, the whole life, but at the moment when she's upset, she will say, ma ra'aytu minka khayran, I never saw a single good thing in your home. Since my father brought me here, you never came to your home, I never saw a single good thing. So negating all the good things. Outright denial. As, uh, they say the hardest thing for a wife to say is thank you and hardest thing for a husband to say is sorry. So this is swallowing the ego is the challenge for the man and being grateful is a challenge for the, for the woman. May Allah make us all successful in our tests. Allah. People are in good condition and when somebody asks them, their neighbor asks them and their companion asks them, how's life? They say, no, no, نحن بشرن. Okay. Another narration عن أبي إدريس الخولاني قال قال معاذ معاذ رضي الله عنه said إنك تجالس قوما لا محالة يخوضون في الحديث He said the nature of life is such that you can't always be sitting in Team Fajr and Team Tahajr right? You're going to have to go to the market You're going to have to work in the dunya Right, so you have to be in the dunya. You can't leave it, divorce yourself. That's called rahbaniya, ascetic way of life. When you leave the dunya, and Allah Taala speaks about this in Surah Al-Hadid, This is the bid'ah of the Christians. Innovation of the uh, priests and the and the and the nuns. They took the vows of celibacy. We will never get married. Then they did other types of stuff instead. Right. Anyway, I had not obligated that upon them. Go and in the convent and the nuns and not get married. And the monks in the monasteries, I only asked them to seek my pleasure from They didn't do that, they started their own thing. So we have to live in the dunya, but not allow the love of the dunya to enter the heart. Like the ship has to go in the ocean, but don't let the ocean come inside the ship. If the ocean starts coming inside, then the ship will drown. So if this dunya comes in our heart, then we will also drown. So over here he says, look, Mu'adh bin Jabal, he's giving a prescription. He said, إِنَّكَ تُجَالِي لَا مَحَالَةً You have to, there's no way out. You must end up meeting, meeting people, sitting with such people who are yahuduna fil hadith, who are talking about worldly things. Now, when they are talking about bad things, is just permissible talk about dunya? 
at the end of the day it's permissible or it could be really a haram discussions if it's a completely haram discussion where they're attacking Allah and the deen of Allah at a party right so then uh, you, 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 you can't even sit there you can't sit there and say oh I'll just do dhikr because this is clearly prohibited in the Quran وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ يَخُوضُونَ فِي آيَاتِنَا فَأَعْرِضَ عَنْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُ فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِهِ when you, when you are in a gathering, when people are mocking the deen, mocking Allah, mocking the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَأَعْرِضَ عَنْهُمْ It's a command. Stay away from that gathering. Get away from there. Turn away. Until the topic changes. وَإِمَّا يُنْسِيَنَّكَ شَيْطَانُ And if you forget about it, and things are going by, and the conversation is continuing there, and you forget that command, you must leave. You must depart. فَلَا تَقْعُدْ بَعْدَ الذِّكْرَى مَعَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ Do not continue to sit in the gathering with, uh, of those who are the ظَالِمِينَ So he's not talking about that level of dhun. He's talking about people are just talking about dunya. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتَهُمْ غَفَلُوا When you see the people, they are ghafil, they are not remembering Allah. فَرْغَبْ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ عِنْدَ ذَلِكَ رَغَبَاتٍ Then turn towards your Lord at that time. Uh, with uh, subhanallah with focus towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raghabatin jam'u raghabatin su'al wa talab ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your heart qala al-walidu fadhukira li abdur rahman ibn yazid ibn jabir faqala na'am this hadith is mentioned to abdur rahman ibn yazid ibn jabir he said yes haddathani abu talha hakim ibn dinar annahum kanu yaqulun Abu Talha, Hakim bin Dinar, he narrated to me that they used to say, Ayatul Du'a'i al-Mustajabi idha ra'ayta al-Nasa ghafalu fargab ila rabbika ta'ala inda thalika raghabatin. One of the signs that Allah Ta'ala is accepting your du'a, there are many, many different signs. One of the signs is that um, your heart is overcome with emotion and the tears are flowing profusely from your uh, eyes and you feel the softness in your heart. And you feel that you want to continue to make du'a, right? So what should you do? You, you shouldn't end, you know, you should continue making du'a. This is a window of opportunity. You got a direct line. Your heart is in, 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 in it. So just keep on asking as long as you can. So another ayah, another sign that the du'a is accepted is that when people are in a state of ghafla and Allah Ta'ala reminds you of himself and you begin to remember Allah, then continue to grab that opportunity to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lastly, he says here, وَأَخْرَجَ إِبْنُ أَبِي الدُّنْيَا وَغَيْرُهُ عَنْ أَبِي قِلَابَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ قَالْ It's narrated from Abu Qilaba رضي الله عنهم قَالْ إِلْتَقَى رَجُلَانِ فِي السُّوقِ Two people, they met each other in the market. Two people, they met each other in the marketplace. فَقَالَ أَحَدُهُمَا لِلْآخَرِ One of them, he said to the other. So they both in the market, place of the dunya, one says to the other, تَعَالَ نَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ فِي غَفْلَةِ Nobody's remembering Allah. So let us seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness at the time when everyone else is in ghafla. So we've been saying from the beginning that in the dunya people, in the market people praise the dunya and they're in ghafla. That's the general state. But it doesn't mean that's the way we're supposed to be, right? Because when Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ You know, majority don't understand. Doesn't mean that's fine. That means we can... We can also not understand. That's the, we'll be part of the majority. No, we have to be part of the minority. Very few of my servants are grateful to me. So we have to be amongst the few. 
Because Allah Ta'ala, He's not, He's just, uh, we, we are narrating the condition of people. We're not saying this is the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be is even in the market, we remember Allah Ta'ala. Remember this ayat from Surah Jumu'ah, I've mentioned several times in different occasions. Ayat of Surah Jumu'ah, how does it go? This shows the comparison, isn't it? Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, or those who believe, idha nudhiya li salah, when the adhan is called, mi yawmi al-jumu'ah, on the day of Jumu'ah. Fasa'u, hasten. Hasten to what? Ila dhikrillah. The khutbah, the salah is what? Dhikrillah. Hasten to the dhikr of Allah. Wadharu Leave buying and selling. Right? So that's why it is not permissible to buy and sell after the adhan is called. This is better for you. Dhali mukhiru lakum in kuntum ta'alamun, if you but knew. So coming to the salah is the dhikr. And then Allah Ta'ala says, When the salah is over, you may spread out in the earth. And go earn your livelihood, which is the fadl of Allah Ta'ala. The reason he had to specifically mention that it is now permissible to work is because the command had come that, hey, leave buying and selling. And the way the sahaba were, they wouldn't buy and sell for the rest of their lives. Because the adhan of Jummah went, now that's it. You can't buy and sell. Till when? Till when Allah Ta'ala says you can. He never said when you can start again. Plus you have a precedent of the Yehud. What is the precedent of the Yehud? It was haram the entire day. Right. Minimum must be the entire Friday prohibition. Because the entire Saturday was prohibited for the Jews. To fish and to work, right? In the ayat that come in the Quran. So must be till, till Saturday. No, so Allah Ta'ala says, for us the time for prohibited commercial activity is limited to the time of salah. So immediately after, Allah Ta'ala says, now it is permissible to work. It doesn't mean you must work. Even though it's, spread out in the earth, is a command. So after Jummah, whoever sitting around doing dhikr, tilawat, or they schedule their work that is up to Jummah, and after Jummah they're off, if they're sitting around, you're supposed to go and say, brother, go, go. Spread out. You better go. That's what the ayah says. No. This ayah is there. Al-Amr is always not lil wujub. It doesn't mean it's farad. Every time you see an imperative verb, a command. Over here, it's lil ibaha. It just means it is now permissible. Like Allah Ta'ala said, لا تقتلوا الصيد وانتم حرم. You better, you cannot hunt when you're in state of ihram. Then Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذَا حَلَلْتُمْ When you become halal on the 10th day of Zul-Hijjah, you do your rami of Jamar Aqba, then you do your qurbani, udhiyah, sacrifice. Now you're ready to become halal, get out of ihram, and then go make your tawaf, al-ifadah, tawaf al-ziyara, right? 10th day of Zul-Hijjah, in the hajj. So, وَإِذَا حَلَلْتُمْ Now when you get out of ihram, ihram when you become halal, فَصَّادُوا Then hunt. <laughs> it's a command. So, when you go to the arkan of Hajj, is it after you become out of ihram, everybody grab the rifles and go out to hunt? What did you find in your hunt? Oh man, I can't find anything to hunt. So this command of hunting means it's now permissible to hunt. Amar of Ibaha. So likewise, hunt as go out, it's permissible. And when you go out to earn, what do you do when you go there? Remember Allah abundantly. So the dhikr of Allah, khutbah time, and the dhikr of Allah in salah, but when you go back to the marketplace, you dhikr Allah kathir and remember Allah abundantly. Not just normal, but abundantly. 
So these two people were in the markets. One said to the other, Ta'al, come, nastaghfirullah, we'll seek the forgiveness of Allah, fi ghaflatin nas, when people are in a state of ghafla. Fafa'ala, that's what they did. So they remembered Allah in that condition. Famata ahaduhuma, one of them, one of the two died. Falaqiyahu al-akharu fi naumi. Then the other friend, he met him in his dream. So the dreams, as far as the dreams are concerned, um, 146th of Nubu'ah, 23 years of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the first six months were Aruya Sadiqah, true dreams. This, for, this fraction is given by Rasulullah in a hadith. And um, it is a means of inspiration from Allah Ta'ala, ilham. It cannot be against the wahi. If it is against the wahi, then that's from shaitan. You cannot say, I just got a dream that I'm exempted from salah. Right. So, awha ilayya ya Rabbi. Allah gave me the wahi through my dream. Na'udhu billah. There's no wahi after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The different types of dream, aruya sadiqah, adhathu ahlam, and etc. Beyond scope of today. But he saw him in a dream. This is a mubashirat, a glad tiding. Faqala, he said, alimta anna Allah ghafara lana ashiyyatil taqayna fi suq. He said, do you know, my dear friend, Allah has forgiven us, forgiven me, I'm in the akhirah, and will has forgiven you, give you glad tidings. When did he forgive us? That evening when we both met in the marketplace. When we met in the marketplace and we remembered Allah, that is when on that occasion, Allah was so pleased with our action, he decided to forgive us. So this is the uh, hadith about remembering Allah in the market. And there is some beautiful commentary on this. This is just the wording. <laughs> and, uh, and as soon as I get the indication that your breakfast is ready, I'll stop. In case you're wondering, when is this guy going to end? Right? I'm just waiting. We started off when I got the indication the live stream is on. We'll stop when the, we get the indication the breakfast is ready. He says here, uh, in this hadith, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Sahaba are specifically mentioning about the marketplace, because it's a place of ghafla from the dhikr of Allah. People are busy in buying and selling, right? And he gives two important, um, beautiful explanations. This is the place where Shaitan's uh, kingdom and his army is at work at play. فَالذَّاكِرُ هُنَاكَ يُحَارِبُ شَيْطَانِ وَيَهْزِمُ جُنُودَهُ So when a person is remembering Allah in that environment, he's fighting against shaitan and he's destroying his army. فَوَخَلِيقٌ بِمَا ذُكِرَ مِنَ الثَّوَابِ So he deserves this great, great reward. SubhanAllah. Right. Now, and the thing is, let's not limit it to this particular scenario but throughout life whenever you are going against the current against the society there is greater reward if everybody is shedding their clothes and going pretty much naked a woman is wearing her jilbab and hijab it's going against the flow it's more rewarding when everybody uh, um, you know is giving their gadgets uh, to the young kids and their cell phones and smartphones and uh, all kinds of screen halal screen time haram screen time and then you, t- you tell your kids, no, you know, you want to stay away from this. You'll get this, you know, not because you deserve it, like not a gift when you get married, but as a necessity when you get married. <laughs> but this is, you know, so he's going, it's difficult for the kids, it's more difficult for the parent. 
when the child gets in trouble he thinks oh you know i'm in i'm in trouble but who, who feels the more pain the parents do so when when um so when you're going uh, against the environment it's difficult the more difficult it is the more rewarding it is so the more challenging the circumstances are it could uh, you know we could just give up and say forget about it or we could say this opportunity this challenge we can appreciate it as what opportunity so we see the young men here this your your youth is what an opportunity it's harder to go against the nafs when you're young but it's more rewarding at the same time right the ibadah of the youth is so much more beloved than the ibadah of, of the older person. So the older person shouldn't just give up ibadah, he needs to continue, but the younger person should say. Why? Because your, your hormones are there, your, your physical strength is there, things of the dunya are attracting you, and you still go against. We will specifically be asked, what did you do at the time when you were young? So those who of us who have passed the young age make istighfar, we still have opportunity to make tawbah. Those who are young, they have an opportunity. Shabun, The young man who grew up in the ibadah of Allah will be under the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah praises the young men of Sahabul Kahf in the Quran. If you're doing hajj, somebody has an easy hajj, somebody has a difficult hajj. The one who has a challenging hajj is more reward. You don't ask for the challenge. Right? The one person is uh, eating food and burping and saying, Alhamdulillah, he did a good deed. One person is hungry and thirsty in the, uh, and for the sake of Allah, and he also gets good deed. Which one gets a greater good deed? The Sabir has a more good deed than the Shakir. Both, are, both get reward, but the Sabir, his reward is greater than the Shakir. Right? So, the more difficult it is, the more reward there is. Every single action. Like when you make wudu, for example, you make wudu with warm water, nice water. There's and if isbaghul wudu alal makari is mentioned in the hadith to make the proper wudu with the cold water or when you are sick, it's more rewarding because it's more difficult. How about sadaqa? Sadaqa, the hadith comes to mind. Also, the most rewarding sadaqa is which one? When tasahihun shahihun, when you are healthy. Shahiyun, you have the love for the dunya. Takhshal faqar, you're afraid of poverty. You want, to, you want to hold on to it. You need it. You have kids who are growing up and you still give it in the path of Allah. Versus when you're on your deathbed. You see, it's a common theme. The reward is based on the proportion to how hard it is. So over here, when no one is remembering Allah, you remember Allah and some, it's there. Oh, لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ عِبَادِي نَذَرَ رَحْمَةٍ فِي كُلِّ لَحْظَةٍ وَلَمْحَةٍ so he says, every moment, oh, okay, every moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at his slaves. And he's showering, his, this is a beautiful second interpretation of Allah Matibi. He says, Allah ta'ala is showering the rahmah is coming from Allah. He made it the whole thing rhyme. Rahmah is coming in every lahza in lamha. Every moment, every second, the rahmah is coming. So the ahlul ghafla, those who are in ghafla, they are deprived of it. So Ahlul Hadara, those who are Hadar, remembering Allah, they, are taking, they will take the entire amount. So it's like, if there's a quantity of Rahmah descending on a gathering, everyone is remembering Allah, everyone gets it. But if the Rahmah is coming on a people, and majority of the people are ghafil, they're not getting it. So those who are focused, they're going to catch it from every, everyone's share. Um... 
Subhanallah. But there is there is one ayah that was mentioned here, one hadith that was mentioned in the commentary, uh, where it talks about dua usuq, the particular dua to recite in the marketplace. I'll just end with that one. وَقَدْ وَرَدَ فِي الْخَبَرِ عَنْ سَيِّدِ الْبَشَرِ It is narrated in the, uh, in the hadith from the Sayyid al-Bashar, the leader of all mankind, sallallahu alayhi wa مَنْ دَخَلَ السُوقَ فَقَالْ Whoever enters a marketplace and he says, لَا إِلَهَ إِنَّ اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ يُحْيِي وَيُمِيتُ You have to add this. وَهُوَ حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتُ بِيَدِهِ الْخَيْرُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ When I say added, it's because many of the people from the subcontinent, they learn this kalimat. So there are different du'as. We talked about this before. There's only one kalima in Islam. But anyway, they call it the fourth kalima. There's only one kalima in Islam. La ilaha illallah Muhammad But kalima meaning a word statement. So the first kalima, kalima tawheed, kalima shahada, kalima tamjid. This fourth one, kalima tawheed. So in that one, it goes la ilaha illallah wa la sharika lahu lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu. This is the same tasbih. But uh, you add it. Just like when we have the Salatul Janazah, we say, say the same one from Salah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabaraka asmuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayruk. But you add, tadla thanauka. Same thing over here in the marketplace, you add, wa huwa hayyun la yamut. Biyadiya al khayr wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. If you recite this, what is, what is the reward? In the, in, the, in the masjid, when everyone is doing it, if it's one unit, which is great, one unit also, the unit of the akhirah. But in the marketplace, how much is it? One million. Because why is the reward one million? Because you're going against the environment. كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَهُ أَلْفَ 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 One thousand thousands. See, the, uh, the, you know the numbers that the Arabs had for counting? You have واحد, اثنان, ثلاثة, أربعة, خمسة, ستة, سبعة, right? ثمانية, تسعة, عشرة, ten. Then after that, all the numbers are a combination of these same digits. Ahada ashara kawkaban, 11, 12, 13, like that. Then you had Mia was 100. Then you had Alpha a 1,000. That's it. Because population-wise, dinar-wise, dirham-wise, everything, I mean, what could be more than 1,000? Use thousands. Uh, the reason I thought about this when I was reading this, I said you get a million, you know, instant millionaire. When, I, when we go with the kids to the market, I tell them, hey, who wants to be an instant millionaire? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you recite this, you get one million thawab. So now, in the Arabic language, you know, right, in 1930s, when the oil wells were discovered, uh, <clears throat> then what happened is, uh, subhanAllah, you start to have million. So the word million and billion and trillion and zillion, these are Arabic words that obviously you know were taken from English. But originally, there was nothing in their environment that would be more than, could, you could not express it with the unit, thousand. So over here, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he could have just said, million ahasana, you get a million times. But he doesn't use the word, million. What does he say? Alpha, alpha. Thousand, thousands. He says, Qatab Allah, alpha, alpha, hasana. Gives him a thousand of a thousand good deeds. Meaning, one million, in short. anhu alpha, alpha, and we'll forgive for him one million, thousand thousands. You have one thousand, you have five thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand. One thousand thousand is one million. وَرَفَعَ أَلْفَ أَلْفَ دَرَجَةٌ We'll elevate him one thousand thousand, meaning one million levels. وَبَنَا لَهُ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ We'll build for him a house in Jannah. Read by Tirmizi ibn Majah. So, 
in the in the masjid when the environment is there is one time the reward in the marketplace when the environment is not there is alfa 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 thousand thousand one million times so we we cannot just go with the flow we have to go against the flow we have an opportunity now tuba lil gharaba badal islam gariban wa sa'udu gariban fatuba lil gharaba alladhina yatamassakuna bi sunnati inda fasadi ummati those who hold on to my sunnah at the time of the facade of the ummah those were in the beginning times or the end times so we talked about sadaqa when you when you want the money we talked about hajj we talked about everything and i have said this um, you know the first hadith abdullah bin salam heard from rasulullah sallallahu is the last hadith that we conclude today abdullah bin salam was a rabbi in Beitul Midras, the rabbinical seminary where they would teach the rabbis in madinatul munawwara in yathrib and he heard that uh, the sound. What did he hear? He heard a loud sound. He heard Tala So he said, Oh, what's going on? So he came out from his to go and see. And said, Then what's going on? And the Ansari girls were singing. Was it rehearsal or the real one? The actual real one? It wasn't uh, some Sira conference. So he he he, he, he so, so then it wasn't uh, he heard them, um, and then he went and he said, uh, "I saw Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam." When I saw his face for the first time, I knew in my heart this can never be the face of a liar. The first thing I heard from him was, "Afshus Salam, spread the Salam, feed people food." Be good to your relatives. Perform the salah at night when the people are asleep. You will enter into Jannah with safety. Right? So, Mahir, why did I mention this hadith? Right? The purpose of the hadith is what? What's the reason? Is the part of the hadith is, oh, feed the people food. Let them have breakfast, right? No. <laughs> no, the part of the hadith is, Sallu Perform the salah at night when people are asleep. So you can perform ishraq now, and you can also perform tashahud, tahajjud. Which one is more rewarding? Tahajjud. Why? Same concept. Everybody, Sallu People are sleeping. You are praying. So the reward is going to be higher. Whenever we go against the flow, the reward is higher. That's the common thread. May Allah Ta'ala make us among those qaleel, those who go not with the flow, against the flow. Inshallah, there is breakfast uh, downstairs. You can also perform ishraq. Maybe you should have the breakfast, then you can have uh, continue praying because they are waiting.